The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Welcome back. Happy Friday, everyone. I have an all new episode today and I have on a really hilarious, amazing guest. You probably know him from Instagram or listen to his podcast, Everything Iconic. He's iconic. Welcome, Danny. Katie, I'm so excited to be on your show. Congratulations. It's so much fun. I love podcasting. Whenever anyone ever asked me to do a podcast, I loved it. I just, I, I don't know. I just love I love listening. I feel like you're just sitting in on someone's conversation. So I'm having fun with it in that respect, but it's also having to learn how to like be entertaining and keep my energy up and have interesting topics and ask good questions. And it's like really flexing a muscle that I don't really have, but... But you're developing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's going to take time. And I know that not every episode is going to hit. No, but <laughs> this one will, because you got me. I was not stressing about this like I normally do in like prep time because I was like, Danny's a pro. Yeah. And I have a bunch of questions for you. I want to know when's the Vanderpump Rules starting. You guys are coming back, I assume. You must know that much. I will. I haven't heard definitively that we're not. Okay. But I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been really weird with coronavirus and everything closing, the restaurants closed and that kind of served as our backdrop and hub. Are you nervous to get back to it? No, it's going to be so different, but I've, I've had plenty of time to reconcile with those differences, but you know, yeah, it, it's definitely will be. So, but I'm excited. I've missed it so much. I mean, that's what I've done for the last 10 years. So and do you imagine the cast having any other changes other than the ones that we've heard about? Oh God, I don't know. I feel like that's, there will be. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. But we'll find you out. You know what I'm really curious and I don't, do you watch the other Bravo shows? Do you watch like Southern Charm or? I don't watch it religiously. I watch like New York Housewives. I haven't watched the new season, but. What do you mean you haven't watched the new season, Katie? Well, what are you talking about? Go I will, watch it. I will because I, I like to be able <laughs> to binge binge it all so I was waiting for it to be done and then I don't know just life and things and I'm going to and I think I started watching other things like I got really heavy into scandal and so I was like needing to ride that wave before I got into something else so my boyfriend and I started binging veep which I've already watched but he never watched it before and it's so it's funny and it's like we feel like we're being politically engaged without having to be like overwhelmed by the news cycle. So it, yeah, I, I haven't watched that one, but I'm gonna have to give that a try. But oh wait, so going back, but so Southern Charm this season, they had this man Thomas who was like famously sort of let go from the show. Yeah, like, I know about that. And he appeared, and I'm like, I wonder if I was thinking, I wonder if Vanderpump Rules will have these people kind of pop in and out, not as cast members, but like just in the background or something. I mean. I don't know. I'm not evading your question. I just, I just genuinely have no clue. But I miss your recaps. Oh, I know. You know, the I love VPR, a good recap. The recaps are really fun. I will say, you guys are like the most divisive cast on Bravo because <laughs> I've me. had. Now I've recapped a lot of the shows, and I've had so many of like the Housewives on and stuff. But when I have anyone from your show on, 
the response is like intense. Like, and they're the most downloaded episodes, but I also get like the most hate mail and the most hate DMs. And you really? guys are very divisive. What yeah. is like the meanest DM you got? Well, like, I think you and you and James are both very divisive. Like, right. I think, as you know, yeah, it's not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. It's no, just, no, you no, know no. That. Yeah, I yeah. know it. And so it was like, I think you came on maybe before James and people were like, how dare you have her? And then when I had James on, who at the time, it was like the two of you were sort of mm-hmm. mortal enemies in ways. <laughs> and it was like, then I had James on and everyone's like, how dare you? You know, it's just like people get really into the show and. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do have some crazy fans. People love it. Yeah. It's like, it's a soap opera. I mean, it's our, it's our version of the soap opera. I've told you, like, I think the men on your show, I've mentioned this years and years, like they get way too many passes compared oh, the to the women. Mm-hmm. Oh, the empathy is strong. Yeah. There's just things that don't make any sense to me. I, <laughs> you know. I live the life and it doesn't make sense to me a lot of the time, but I do enjoy a good recap. And that's kind of what a lot of your shows are on your podcast are recap shows and they're really entertaining. And I love your perspective on things has ever resulted in any like beef with someone like from a show, like a Bravo celebrity type or something where they've like messaged you and like, you know what? You got it wrong. Well, Tamara judge from the orange County housewife, she blocked me for a while, but then she unblocked me. So that was good. You know, I try my best to keep things like, and Jax has blocked me too, but it's like, whatever. He blocks everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I try to keep it positive. If I go hard on anyone, it's usually the men. Cause I feel like women have it hard enough in society. It's true. (laughs) It's like whatever. And I genuinely love these shows. Like I, I come from it as a fan. So I think other people do like sort of mean and snarky sort of humor better than I do. So I try to come at it from a positive angle. But yeah, I think Tamara blocked me, but she seems good now. I don't think there was anything. Yeah. No? No. I mean, you guys, I do get hate when I have you guys on and it's like. I feel like you're like the king of like cozy content. I'm really into like the Y2K throwback, early 2000s music, beauty, fashion, everything. It's like, I I don't know if it just, it's like feels like a safe place for me, but I feel like your content's always just really like positive. Well, I thought- So you must not get too much hate from people. I think you do attract what you put out. So I think if you put out more positivity, I think you end up getting more of it back. So like nine, I shouldn't complain because 99% of everything is is very positive. It's just- but, you know, you mentioned the nostalgia and how it's like feels good to just go back in time. And I think especially right now, like everything feels so uncertain, yeah, hectic, stressful. I think we all do want to be transported back. And that's not to say that like things in the early 2000s weren't weren't stressful or chaotic. But I think especially those of us who like came of age at that time, exactly. we remember the good stuff. We were in high school and it was it was simpler times for us. Life was more of a breeze. We didn't have you know, this kind of stresses that we have now as adults, you know, cause it was just like, you know, am I going to go to prom this year? Do you remember? What did you wear to prom? I'm trying to think of like what your prom dress would have looked Which like. Which year? <laughs> yeah. Your senior year. What was your senior year oh prom my, dress like? Um, I w- it was actually a dress I had worn to homecoming, like when I was like a sophomore or something. And so I just was like, you know what, Ugh, as a senior, you're just like, I'm tired of this. Like get dressed up again. I've already, not to brag, but like I'd already I'd been to prom. So it's like, I'm just going to recycle. I remember my prom date had sex with another guy in the tent at after prom. And I, it was like, I was kicked out of my own tent. Like I got the tent, you know, and I wasn't planning on having sex with her cause I'm a big gay, you know, but at the time I wasn't, but, or I wasn't out, but I remember I got this tent and I was like so excited. I set up the tent and I thought, 
you know, I wasn't interested in fooling around with Wait, the girl, but I thought I'd have like a prom? nice after prom. So you were going to go like camping or? Yeah, we all went camping. We oh. all went camping after prom. I kind of like that. And but. yeah, but I had to sleep outside in like one of those chairs, you know, that you like people bring to like soccer games and stuff that oh you, those God. fold up chairs. And I had to like sleep on one of those because my date was having sex with some guy in, in my, your tent. In my tent. Yeah. That's really nice of you that you didn't collapse the tent. Her name was Natalie. Oh, <laughs> gonna, you bitch, Natalie. <laughs> she was a sweet gal, but yeah. Put her on blast. Yeah. All right. I'm interrupting this podcast to talk about what my dogs had for dinner. No, seriously. I want to talk about Nom Nom. We have been feeding our dogs this fresh restaurant quality pet food for a a little bit now, and they are loving it. So it's definitely taste bud approved, but I want to talk about why it's human approved because we love our pets so much and we want to make sure they're getting the kind of nutrition they need. And Nom Nom takes a nutrition first approach to wellness. They have six PhDs on staff to actively study pet health from nose to tail, studying the impact of real food science on your pet's well-being. Nom Nom also never ever mass produces. Meals get prepped several times a week to ensure zero food waste and the freshest food possible. And finally, not only does Nom Nom make fresh food, they offer supplements, gut screenings, and other educational resources to maintain and improve your pet's health. We love Nom Nom. So switch to the fresh pet food endorsed by Science, Taste Buds, and Butter and Gordo themselves. Try Nom Nom today and you'll get 50% off a two-week trial. Go to trynom.com slash loveme. That's T-R-Y-N-O-M dot com slash loveme for 50% off a two-week trial. All right, back to the podcast. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with big dick energy. You may know me from Bravo TV's Family Karma and, of course, social media. I grew up in a very conservative Indian family, but I have always forged my own path and live life on my own terms. I recently left my successful career in New York City and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s, and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing, and I know you are too. Join me as I spill the chai on my own cringeworthy personal life experiences every Thursday, anywhere you listen to podcasts. But so we remember that's the nostalgia we live for. And, I, you know, I love to dive into that whole era because it makes me feel better. You know, I, I need just sort of the relaxation of that time. Yeah, it's like a hug. Yeah. Like I do that with scents. I still have like a bottle of, well, not still, I got it new, <laughs> but of Tommy girl perfume and like cool water. And it's like that kind of will help transport me. This is what I want to do. I want to spray myself with Tommy girl, turn on like can't hardly wait. Oh, uh, can't have hardly wait was so good. Wasn't Tostino's it? Tostino's pizza pockets and just let everything melt away. Did you watch pen 15 on Hulu? Oh, my, yes. Isn't it the best? It's like it's the best show. To the core. Yeah. It, it, it shocks me to the core. I think I was like slightly a little bit older than they were at that time, but like it was all same there. Thing. It's the same feelings and a lot of the references, I feel like. Oh, all of them. Spot the, on. I mean, the, the infamous episode of the AIM episode. 
It's perfect. Katie, I really, like, I watch it. I've seen them both seasons a million times now. Like, I've watched them over and over again, and I I get, like, jealous of it. I'm like, this is so brilliant. Like, I love that they thought of this. Right? Yeah. And it's cringy for some. I know a lot of people I've told to watch it, and they're like, I felt too uncomfortable watching it. Why? Because they're, is it because they're, like, 30-year-old actresses acting with, like, children? I just saw the woman who plays Anna on the show. She was in something else in another Hulu TV show where she was, like, having sex with the lead. And it was like shocking to me. I'm like, oh my, wait, why is Anna doing that? You know, oh my like, God. She's 13. <laughs> what is she doing? Oh no. Oh, I met them in New York. They were they were bartenders one time when I did watch Evans Live and I was like geeking out. Oh my God, Anna and Maya, both of them? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I know. I was, uh, I think not many people were, had been turned on to the show just yet. So I was, I felt like a pioneer in that moment, but no, I live for that stuff. And I live for like your, um, every Thursday, Danny does Jessica Thursdays and he highlights something from Jessica Simpson's past. A lot of newlywed stuff. Great show. I feel show. like I learned a lot about Jessica Simpson doing that. Like I, in terms of like the public reaction to Jessica Simpson. And I, I've talked about this before, but I feel like she's one of the few celebrities that at one point or another in everyone's lives, they've been in love with her in ways of like, <laughs> oh, I think yes. young women and gay men, of course, we love the newlyweds era and, and a lot of gay men loved her music and pop career. And then I remember there was a time where a lot of straight guys were like obsessed with her. Like my straight college roommate had her Rolling Stone poster oh, on the yeah. wall. So oh, I, yeah. I think like everyone at one time or another has been like and into jazz. Like the lotions, the um, dessert Oh, the line dessert body like, lotions. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. You can still buy those on eBay, by the way. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just to like put up on a shelf, but I don't know that I would test it out the way we used to back then, but like they were edible, which is also kind of weird because they're all like a bunch of 13 year olds. But I mean, now you can get that kind of stuff. You can get like flavored lube at at (laughs) 7-Eleven. Wait, also Katie, did you um, remember the episode of Newlyweds where she's doing the photo shoot for that dessert line and she gets an upset Oh, she got so sick from it. So good. That's right. It's so good. I need to do, I didn't need to do another full binge of the newlyweds because that show was ahead of its time. I mean, we mentioned fashion, prom fashion. There's so many different looks from that show that I think were like of that era. I read in on Vogue, you had a diatribe dedicated to the juicy couture sweat. I know. Velour I never thought I'd be in Vogue talking about <laughs> Tina Simpson, but. It was great. But yeah, I remember. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> but don't you remember Juice Couture at that era? And it's coming back now. It's like the 25th anniversary, I believe. But it's coming back. But I remember them. I remember every one of the young girls doing that, like uh, Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, everyone wearing the Juicy Couture back then. Um, but also I remember Jessica's shawl was like so, remember that yellow shawl? It was like, that was oh, memorable or her Louis Vuitton bag. That's so specific. The Louis Vuitton bags. Yeah, I do remember that. But I just remember I was I was always so jealous of all the girls that had like the tracksuits in like every different color. Yeah. Do you have a fashion or something from that era that you wish would come back fully? The layered camisoles. I wouldn't mind if they came back, you know. I, I like a layered look. If you ever want a good laugh, just Google image search <laughs> Ashley Tisdale 2000s. Oh, man. Or Ashley Tisdale red carpet looks. And you can see her as a very young girl because I think she's even younger than we are. Some of her red carpet looks from that time were just hysterical. Like it's like all of the, all of that era just like wrapped up in Ashley Tisdale, and she would just do all of them at once. It was so great. <laughs> exactly the belt over like the dress, like the but the low, you know, you did it around like your low 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 waist, hips, 
whatever you call it. And the skinny scarves. Do you remember all oh. the young like rocker <laughs> girls would wear? Like Jennifer Love Hewitt was trying to be a rock star and she had like the skinny scarf. Oh, Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. Oh, Ashley Simpson would also wear the fingerless gloves. I also really wanted to be Avril Lavigne and I, I would wear a tie like yeah. she would. Oh my God. Do just, you have pictures of you in a tie? Yeah. I got to oh dig God, them please up. Please dig them up. I, yeah. Everyone wants to see them. Yeah. I would wear like Dickies with like a wife beater. Oh my God. Katie just <laughs> ran around Converse. singing it's about how complicated it was. Yeah. I want to take a quick break to talk about my favorite subject, which is drinking wine specifically, not just any wine. I'm currently drinking Bev. It's a female first can wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. Let's face it, because like with most industries, the beverage industry is male dominated. And I'm no man hater here, but I'm particularly jazzed about a product I love from the female perspective. There are three varietals, a rosé, a Sauve Blanc, a Pinot Gris, as well as a limited edition extra fizzy white wine for the holidays. I'm personally loving the Pinot Gris. She's light, effervescent, just sweet enough, goes down so nice. Highly recommend. And we have worked out an exclusive deal for You're Gonna Love Me podcast listeners. You're going to receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. I definitely suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash loveme or use code loveme at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash loveme. All right, let's get back to the episode. I went through a Pacific Sunwear phase where it was like everything. I was just wearing all those like, what was it? Like Billabong or like all the oh. skater stuff. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Hurley. Yeah. What was Tom? Your Tom. Did, was he like skater style or what was his style like? I think he was. I, when I look back at pictures, he definitely, he looks like a boy bander. Like I posted for his birthday, some of the senior photos. And he's definitely got like that, like oversized sort of like, um, plaid print button down short sleeve that, you know, with like baggy khakis and stuff. And like, I think I saw and... somewhere, maybe it was yours or his, yeah, the, his senior yearbook photo or his, <laughs> I think, was he like laying down? <laughs> he was laying down? Yeah. And then he's like got his feet in like a river and he's looking down all like pensive. And... Oh my God. Oh yeah. I definitely would have had a crush on him in high school. Like he's always been hot. Yeah. I mean, he's like classically handsome too, but that's why he gets away with so much. Cause he's just like pretty face. Yeah. I know. It's annoying. Well, I've, I've been like crucified. Tom's over here. But they're like, well, he's really cute. Cause he's handsome. <laughs> These straight white men, they get away with anything. I know. You know, when I worked on with Tom and Ariana on the cocktail book, like we were doing the photo shoot thing at their house and Tom found all of his like modeling, um, binders or whatever. I don't even know what you call it, but it had like all this old stuff. And first of all, I feel like I didn't realize like what level of model he was. Cause he was in like some really high end stuff. It was just shocking to see some of the, the old modeling shots. And I'm sure your Tom has. Yeah. Well, I think when we went to St. Louis for new year's, a couple years ago, we went to Tom's, his mom's house and he had all like the stuff that he's kept and held on to jeans, like true religion jeans that are like 
not bedazzled, but they have all kinds of like, studded out. He still like has them. Oh my God. Cause they were expensive, which I, I appreciate that. Um, but like, why do you still have your pair of jeans from 20 years ago? I'm sure my parents have all sorts of old shit. Like their basement is still loaded with all my old, old stuff. And I had two older brothers. So I never really, I always got their hand me down. So my stuff was always like my oldest brother's five years older. And so like my stuff was always out of style by the time I got oh, it. No. It was sad. <laughs> It's okay. Oh. And it didn't ever fit properly. Oh. <laughs> it was like my oldest brother is very short and my middle brother is around my height. But yeah, the, some of the hand-me-downs, it's like they weren't meant for me. <laughs> and in my senior pick, my senior yearbook photo, I look like a 47-year-old realtor. <laughs> like my, my mom, I had, it was like no style, just like a button down with a tie. And I had this oversized jack, uh, sports jacket that was my dad's. <laughs> and I look like a realtor. Like I, and I've always looked sort of older than I am. And, I gotta yeah. see this. That yeah, is hilarious. I was fortunate enough to be the only girl in the family. So I didn't have to share clothes with anyone. But, you know, how's your mom? You know, I love your mom. I know she's, she's good. She's, you know, in Vegas, she's back to work doing um, real estate now. They've, they can do like, well, she never was not, but it definitely slowed down for a minute. But she's great. If podcasting doesn't work out, I'm going to move to Vegas and her and I will start a realtor company and I'll just be like my senior photo next to a photo of Terry Maloney on a bus <laughs> stop. And <I'll laughs> I can see that. Yeah. It could be just everything iconic real estate. I love her. She's the nicest, sweetest, wonderful person. Yeah. She loves to talk about the night that we got shwasted at Tom Tom. We went to Tom Tom because a birdie had told us that Kelly Clarkson was coming in. So we're like, well, guess where I'm going tonight? And my mom came and we ended up sitting like right next to her. And by the way, I think it was your mom who we have to thank for meeting Kelly Clarkson and Selena <laughs> Gomez, who just coincidentally had to be there. Yeah. Happened to be there. Yeah. Um, and your mom, I remember... Like you were off talking to Selena Gomez or something <laughs> at a booth and your mom comes up to me and is like, Danny, come on, take a picture with Selena Gomez. <laughs> yes. She like called me over and I was she, like, oh my God. I was so she excited. had a few, we, we definitely had some martinis that night. We took a shot with Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Oh, my mom. Yeah. My mom was just like, can we have a picture? It was amazing. And then yeah, Selena Gomez was there. And so when someone was like, hey, um, Katie, uh, someone over at the table wants to say hi to you. And I went over and it's friggin' Selena Gomez. Who happened to be a big Vanderpump Rules yeah. fan. Yeah. And when we ended up talking and my mom sat down and talked and she's like telling, she goes, she was with a bunch of her friends and she goes, Selena was. It's so important to have girlfriends in your life. My mom's talking to all them like this. I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> gotta love Terry. That was such a weird night. Cause I remember the next day, I, I don't know who I was talking to. I was telling a friend, I was like, yeah. And then I was just sitting at a booth with Selena Gomez <laughs> talking about Vanderpump Rules. It's like, how did that happen? <laughs> Again, you never know. Life but, is really funny. Okay. By the way, this reminds me, this is like bringing it um, full circle, not even full circle, but doesn't Rihanna follow you, Katie? Mm -hmm. Does she, do you get nervous about Rihanna following you? I would feel like nervous for you. Uh, no, oh, see, I, I, I don't think about, I don't think about that. I'm not super, I'm not, I probably should be more active on Instagram, but like what anything I'm doing right now is really not that cool. <laughs> see, I but feel I, stressed but, when celebrities, I'm always thinking, are they going to unfollow me? Like at what point? Does somebody get tired of Jessica Simpson <laughs> and they, they're like, I need to unfollow Dana. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm too annoying on Instagram and my stories are pretty small, but then again, with the algorithm, I don't even know how much of my stuff she sees. I think she's liked a couple of my pictures, but I would die. Know. Rihanna's like to, to me, the tippy top, the best. That's a cool flex right there too. Yeah. Cause she doesn't follow a lot of Bravo. She follows like you, Dorinda from Roni. Luan. Does she follow Luann? Yeah. She follows Karen Huger from Potomac. Yeah. I know uh -huh. that. 
it's a small list of people. I know. So everyone might think I'm the bitch on the show, but Rihanna likes me. So deal with it. Maybe people need to rethink their stance on me. I'm so curious <laughs> what your show is going to be like with, because it's going to be so different. I think if all of the rest of you come back, I think it's going to give other people an opportunity to shine in ways they weren't able to before. And then other people might become the villain. You know, I think it's going to shift some of the stuff on it. And that's going to be interesting to watch. Well, I don't know anyone that's currently on the show that hasn't been a villain that would turn into being a villain. So who do you think the villain will be? Do you think it'll just be you and James still? <laughs> Probably. Um, I'm, I'm definitely shit. a safe bet in that corner because no matter what I do, people are just like, shut up, you bully. I just want Sheena to be the star of the show. <laughs> I think it's high time that Sheena gets a starring role. She always has, though. I know, but it's always like embarrassing. Like they're painting her out to be like a pedophile or something. It's oh, like, that was that was ridiculous. I know you guys are cast in a show and you were also friends beforehand. But like seeing some of the things like other people say about your close friends, like I don't know how you move past it. And it's like part of the whole show is that you have to move past it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how you could do that because in real life, you wouldn't move past it. You would just... Be like, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. Are you talking about with people on the show or just it, the general public that are saying things? Oh, people on the show. Oh. Like, for instance, it's like seeing some of the things Jack said about Ariana, like on Watch What Happens Live or something. It's like, I don't think I'd be able to get over that. Because like to me, it's like you talk shit about my good friend. Mm -hmm. That's not acceptable. But then you guys have to go to like events with each other and stuff. So it's like almost like built into the show that you have to at least sort of try to move on. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, well, and that, yes, it does. Absolutely. And I think that's part of like the silver lining of the show. I know that that sounds odd to say, but you are really forced to work through your issues with people. You are really forced to try to, you know, come to some kind of resolve, even if it means I resolve to hate this person or, you know, I resolve to just understand that maybe you were in a place and that's why you said the things that you said, you know, that you can't just run from it. It's not fun when it's happening. Jax has also said horrible things about me and my relationship with Tom and everything. But see, I don't know how anyone like I couldn't move. I would get too frustrated. But it's but it's a, it's only worth as much as the value you assign to it. Yeah, but you know? see, I don't even know that I'd put value to it. I would just be like, well, I don't. What do I want to talk to this person for? Like, I don't want to see this person. Like, I you wouldn't even think more about it. I would just be like, I'm not going to his birthday party. Like, he was an asshole to my best friend yeah. or whoever. Well, I mean, and these things, these resolves don't necessarily happen overnight. And it's sort of what makes the show layered and stuff. But exactly. Well, because I think we all have done and said things to each other at this yeah. point. But some worse than others. <laughs> of course, yeah. of course. But it's just like. Do you have any regrets or is it like, oh, this is this is what I did or said on the show. It is what it is. It is what it is. Because, I, I, again, they've served as lessons for me to learn from and not repeat. Some people repeat and repeat and repeat. And all of it's led to where things are now. Like even like my feud with Lala, like I don't know if we would have our bond and tightness if we didn't have that like crazy disdain for one another, which is wild to say or to think. But I think it just, it deepened it even. It made it more important and made it bigger in our lives rather than just being like, yeah, we hated each other, but like we're okay now. Yeah. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. During this time, like because the show's been off and you guys haven't been filming, has there been any sort of fear like what maybe this will get canceled or maybe this won't come back? Of course. Yeah. Oh my God, all the time. Yeah. Just because it's like so much time passes 
and normally by this point we would have already finished another season. It would be premiering relatively soon. And yeah, so of course, of course I, I'm thinking that, but I'm trying to stay as positive. I mean, there's just enough doom and gloom around me. I don't want to think about that too much. I mean, I'm sure you guys are coming back, but I'd imagine the show would look very different. I mean, yeah, it has to. And I think maybe that's part of why it's not coming back yet, just because it needs sort and maybe needs just to like simmer Breathe. a minute. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like we all like really have a lot left to give. And even though it's not the same show that when we first started, I think that's OK. I wish they would just sort of pivot to like a Tom Tom show that would be with funny. just the four of you, <laughs> just the four of you, not the rest of them. But then we could have new people and it wouldn't feel so I don't know, because also I feel like the end of last season, it felt like such a finale. Didn't it? Yeah, it was like a series finale. And then all of this other stuff happened and. There's been such a, like, I feel like there's such a, like, stench on the, a stench on the show, if that makes sense. It's like, let's start fresh. Yeah. And let's see what's going on at Tom Tom. Definitely need to get some new blood in there. The hardest part with new people on our show has always been the fact that, like, we are a real group of friends. And it's, the show's been great and been entertaining because of the authenticity of that. But because these are real relationships, these are real friendships with history going back before the show even began. And so I think that's, that really comes through. So bringing a new person has to really kind of like gel. I mean, not necessarily gel, but like, yeah, you got to hit group. the ground yeah. running basically. It's hard. It's hard. And I watch, I watch all of these Bravo shows and stuff. And even on like housewives, it's hard to incorporate new people into the cast because there's existing relationships. People have are, their feelings about certain things. The people who are joining are trying to play catch up on the relationships and figure out, well, these two already have this history and you know, it's yeah. difficult. Well, and I think also too, when, when people are brand new to a show of an existing cast that's been on for many, many years, it can be hard to like get at that level of like being on TV. Cause I, I definitely had to learn how to like, not how to be on TV, but I was really quiet. And so I had to learn how to like speak my thoughts a little bit more. And so, I mean, it's, it can be really hard to like just start filming and be great at it. Cause it does require you to like, forget that there's cameras there, live your life, say what you mean, mean what you say or, or don't or whatever, but just like be present 100%. And so I feel like sometimes when people come in, they're very protective, understandably, but still got to bring entertainment. I'm fascinated by like the emotional aspect of filming a reality show. And has there been a time where you like were filming something and then you went home after filming and you just like, you thought about how it was going to be perceived and then gotten in your head about that. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Like you get home and just start crying. Cause you're like, Oh, I know they're going to think this way or that way. I don't, I mean, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've put that sort of like frame of thinking out of my head because I'm usually wrong and I have been wrong. So, <laughs> so I try to just be like, this is going to suck to have to rewatch. It's just, it's just that aspect of it. It's not so much like how it's going to look or what people are going to think, but it's just having to like relive it again. And yeah, obviously there's conversations that are longer than five minutes and what you're seeing, not that there's, you know, but I always feel like context is important. You know, that was another problem with last season. It was just too many people. And yeah. so it felt like we were spending such a little time with everything that was going on on the show. We weren't getting to the meat of anything. On yeah, the it season. was, it was packing a lot. In, and I know they really wanted to introduce new people, not as just peripherals, but as like permanent or main cast members. So like they really had to 
dive into storylines there. But then there was other crazy shit happening, you know, with like Tom and Jax, which kind of was like not fully examined. I feel like even though it was, (laughs) and then stuff even with like me and Kristen and Stassi. You guys are good now though, right? Yeah. I know. I know. It's crazy. And okay. So did you guys have like a big sit down to like work through it all? Or was it just like, okay, that's in the past. And no, I think, I think Stassi and I had expressed ourselves and where we were coming from enough. Like we did on her podcast and we also did the reunion. And so I think Kristen really kind of got where we were coming in all of it. Not that we were right and she was wrong or vice versa, but just understanding that it wasn't about like the fact that you were with your boyfriend. It was, it was, stemming back from a couple of years, but you know, when they, when they got fired, it put everything aside, you know, and it's just like, I'm not like this beef that I have with someone isn't as important as her needing a friend right now. And so I, yeah. But okay. So the firings, it was this, a vocal firing in terms of getting rid of Kristen and Stassi. Did you feel that any of maybe like the men got away with things and the women were made examples of in certain ways? I feel like, there's so many problematic people in reality TV. That is reality TV. We're not, you know, pillars of virtue by any means, I think. But there still is, you know, the responsibility to be, you know, decent person and not be ignorant and, you know, understand privilege and all of that. You know, I think that there's also using this platform since it's a real reality and this is a real reality that a lot of people are, are dealing with and going through to, you know, talk about these things on a show to have it be part of a bigger conversation because if we have a lot of people watching our show and a a lot of people influenced by people on, you know, reality TV, that this would be an important conversation to have on TV. This year, we're all sort of looking at like where our own lines are, you know, even as a viewer, I've noticed like the audience and, and myself included, it's like trying to decide like, well, where is my line of like what I feel comfortable watching? I don't know. I don't know. I think we're all kind of figuring that out. And it's confusing because, yeah, reality TV, a lot of what we love about it is like watching people be a mess and monsters and and things like that. But we're all kind of saying, well, is that too far? Should this be a good opportunity for us to have a conversation about it? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm so fascinated by like everyone's thoughts on it. I don't think it's it's going to change reality TV too much, but it will kind of not reinvent itself, but. Yeah. No, a little bit though. I think it's time with this genre. I think it's particularly in Bravo because Bravo is its own specific style. I mean, what other network can throw a con? Like Bravo has Bravo con because it's a very specific thing. They've been doing the programming for a certain way for all this time. And and now I think they're looking at shifting a little bit and in even other ways and like not even having to do with with this topic, but even in ways of like breaking the fourth wall and stuff. I think we're evolving and it's changing. And that's been really interesting to watch. And I think Bravo's done a great job of of continuing to evolve in ways. Yeah, I love I love breaking of the fourth wall, like on the Kardashians. I was like, whoa, because it is while it is a a show about real people's lives, it still is a, is a show. Like when it's broken like that and people get to see behind the little veil, I think that excites them. And you know, I think there should be more of that. So what's going on with you and Sheena now? Didn't Sheena have a feud with Stassi or was that a thing? <laughs> Did I make that up? Or with Lala? Was it? Yeah, I mean. I, didn't, I can't keep up with all of it. It wasn't like something happened. It was just like Lala had her gender reveal and... Sheena and, and Ariana weren't there and people were asking them, oh, how come you weren't there? And my issue is that is like when they have parties and they do stuff and we're not invited, which is fine because like we're not as tight, you know, no one's asking us or getting on them about 
why aren't Katie, why isn't Katie there? Why isn't Lala there? You know, so it's kind of like, well, hold on. But, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and I think Sheena like took her answer one step further and was, you know, kind of bashing her and saying like, well, I guess I'm just not a priority to her. And it's just like, I don't know. At the end of the day, that was like Lala's gender reveal. And so to like have any kind of like issue with anything she wanted to do is just not appropriate. Do you imagine the show having a bunch of babies on it now? I mean, how can it not? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> I know. But it's at the end of the day, like, we are still who we are. Kids are no kids. I mean, yeah, it'll change. Things will change for sure. But I think there still will be points of contention, no doubt. Oh, yeah. It'll be like more suburban drama, <laughs> I feel like, which is also very interesting. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we'll see, though. No, I don't know. I, I, I think like it could be really good. Like I think about suburban drama and like a desperate housewives kind of world of this, like, and I, that sort of fascinates me. I think it's just all with the audience. We ha- we just have an expectation of the show. And I think we all have to sort of adjust what that is. And I think that was the problem last season. It's like seeing all of you guys move into these beautiful houses and stuff as an audience member was just, it was shocking a little bit to the system. And that might sound dramatic, but it's like, we came into this show seeing you guys struggle and everything, and that was was fun, but it's different now. And yeah. and we want to see the growth and see the change and everything like that, but it's just, it's a different. Yeah, you know? I know. I mean, but this show is, it'd be one thing if it had been like three years, but it's been eight years. It's like, that's a significant amount of time for people's lives to evolve and for them to grow up and want different things that they did when they were, you know, 25 years old. And on and, the flip side, we'd all be saying if, it, if you guys are like 35 years old and, and still and living still in our apartments thing, and yeah. going to register, they'd be like, what the hell? You know, so it's, yeah. So, I mean, I think it is about like sort of recalibrating your uh, expectations and being open to what it That's why I think like a become. fresh show, if we call it Tom Tom, you know, we call it Tom Tom. <laughs> and then we'll all go into it being like, okay, this is a new show. I'm going to give it a chance. And then we'd feel, we'd, we'd like come into it differently. I like that you've like put thought into this. <laughs> yeah. Did you write a letter as to Bravo? As long as I want you guys, I want you guys there and I want Tom and Ariana have to be on the show. Um, well, they're, I don't, they're not going anywhere. And we got to see Sheena. I need to know what Sheena's doing. Even if she's in Marina Del Rey, I need a camera she's on her. She's in San Diego now. She is. Yeah, we need her a camera <laughs> on Sheena. Yeah. And right. I want to see Brock too. He's pretty. I want him to look, I want to just look at Brock. James and Raquel? Yes. Oh, my God. Raquel, I had her on my show right before you guys ended, and she told me that the plan for her next season was she was going to do adult pageants, and I've never been more excited about something on Vanderpump Rules, Katie. Like, I was so excited for Raquel to be doing pageants, but now who knows if we're ever going to get it. Well, but also we live in a different world where we can't even eat inside of a restaurant right now. So, But I still want to see Raquel compete. Oh, yeah. I'm down for that. (laughs) I know. I love Raquel, though. I like Charlie too a lot. I felt like Charlie really came alive at the reunion. Do you like Charlie? I don't really know her. Yeah, I mean, she was talking about how Jax is old and the grandmas, like as if it's an insult, as if like, unless she's Benjamin Button, I don't know. We all get old, yeah. I don't know why you could like throw that around as an insult because honey, you newsflash, you're getting older. So I, I mean, I don't know. She doesn't, she also doesn't know any of us really. So like, I feel like that material is going to dry up really soon. <laughs> Now I'm worried Charlie's not going to come back because I like Charlie. Should I be worried about Charlie? I'm nervous. I don't know anything that's happening right now. Right now, by the way, everyone, we're just we're speaking hypothetically. You wanted the Vanderpump questions. Now I want cozy content okay, questions yeah, yeah. because we're both rom-com fans. We're big rom-com fans, huge into Nancy Myers, and like, have how many times have you watched The Holiday so far? A million times. <laughs> I just watched it last night. Like no joke. 
and it's the best movie of all time. Like, it's so good. It's like nothing cozy. When you just want to put on a movie that's going to put you in a good mood and you're going to lay in your bed or on the couch and just feel just enveloped in happiness, the holiday is that for me. Okay, but I have a question for you. I posed this on my Twitter. Which house would you like to vacation in? Would you prefer the London Cottage or that beautiful California mansion? Most people said the cottage. I would which want was the cottage because it's if it's holiday time, there's nothing cozier than like snow outside and the fire on, and you know, I mean, we live in LA, and it's like it, it doesn't feel like that special. So I'd want something opposite. And who, what man in that movie would you most want to sleep with? Now, keep in mind, it doesn't have to just be Jack Black or Jude Law. It could also be John Krasinski's in it. He appears. Oh yeah, that's right. And um, Edward Burns, which I find him very attractive. Not his character, but yeah. like. Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, I gotta go with Jude Law because yeah, he is better. a spicy treat. Like, he, I'm yeah. sorry, the accent, the blue eyes, like, like when he puts the glasses on. Oh my god! Or the napkin, even too. And, and also napkin. like him being like, oh my god, Mister Napkinhead, and he's also just like such a great dad, and he's a widower, like, and a book editor too. He's smart. It, he's yeah, he's got it going. Like, on. it's the, is there a sexier character in a movie? The only thing is, I will say this because I was watching it very intently yesterday. And I do believe the first scene, probably a lot of his scenes, but the first scene when he kisses Cameron Diaz, I believe him to be on lifts because he's much taller in the scene than Cameron is. And Cameron is taller than him, I believe, in real life. And you could tell he was on like a step stool or something. He was on something and I was just like, it like took a lot of the sexiness out of it because I was like thinking of him just like on one of those like step ladders like I have in my kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Or like the little kids use to brush their teeth. Right. At the the bathroom sink. Yeah. I'd never thought about that, but this is, this is why I enjoy your stories and your recaps when you're talking about things because it's just never thought about. I love, and we also got to talk about one more thing, which is, uh, one fine day, which we both love. Okay. And I feel like yes. we've talked about it sort of briefly before, but no one really appreciates it. It's a George Clooney, Michelle Pfeiffer rom-com. It, yes. So good. It's so good. It's like, and I, I love movies that like take place over the course of like a day and it feels like a lifetime, like the, the hijinks they get into, they're always like having to run, they're late, they spill something. Rainy. Rain. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like George Clooney, who's dreamboat. And he, I don't think, I think that's the best he's ever looked. Oh yeah. I mean, he always looks amazing, but yeah, that is, he's like sort of a little more distinguished at that point. Like the ER days, he, he looks younger and, and still hot, but like young George. And I feel like One Fine Day was when he started to kind of get that more distinguished look. And he has great chemistry with Michelle Pfeiffer, who's, I think, the most beautiful human in the world. Like, she's just oh, God. Her face Stunning. and eyes. It's like, what's going on there? Stunning. I recently watched Grease, too, and I was like, damn, Michelle Pfeiffer can get it. But I know that's, a, I feel like that's one of the more underrated or like less known about rom-coms. What do you think is underrated? Um, there's another movie called About Time that I think is underrated. Also, have you seen Yesterday, The Beatles? Oh, yeah. I love that one, that too. That one was good, too. And I don't even like the... I, I know people yell at me. I'm not like the huge, biggest Beatles fan or anything, but I love that movie, and I, I think it's beautiful, and it's, I think it's underrated. A lot of people don't want to know about it. Because I feel like there was a trailer that came out, and it was like just weeks before the movie was coming out. So like it was like hard... They couldn't really build up the anticipation, and then they just sort of released it, but... Um, yeah, I think I own that movie. <laughs> it's good. Like the, there's an end song in it that that makes me cry. I saw it on a plane and I was like bawling at the end. And it was like this slow song when he proposed. It was just so good. What's a movie that always makes you cry without fail? My favorite movie of all time is You've Got Mail. And that movie makes me cry at the end, like sort of happy tears. And then 
Oh, I just rewatched um, In Her Shoes. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. And that one makes oh, me yeah. cry. What about you? Probably Greatest Showman. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, like, my plane movie for a long time because, like, I, I used to travel all the time. But so, like, for periods of time, for, like, six months, they kind of have the same movies on. So that was always, like, my plane movie. And I'd, like, sit and drink my wine and cry. And the flight attendants probably thought it was crazy because they're like, oh, no, that girl's... The crying girl with the wine. Yeah, we saw her. <laughs> you know, I saw the first hour of that movie and I loved it on a plane. And then I never wa finished watching it because I had to get off the plane. And I was always afraid that if I finished it, I wouldn't like it as much because it was so like that hour I watched was so good. Like I loved it so much, but I need to watch it. All. Oh, yeah. That's you a gotta, stupid reason uh, not to finish Hugh it. But Jackson I was scared. Yeah. Doesn't get. Uh, I love him. I love the music. I love the soundtrack. Are there any rom-coms that you believe are overrated. You know, I think there was a time Jennifer Aniston, who I love, like she did some that aren't good, that aren't even like in a cheesy good. And same with Katherine Heigl. I love 27 Dresses. There was just that period of time, like kind of post Julia, post Sandra, when the rom-coms just kind of got like not as good. I We talk about Nancy Myers, and one of the things I think is so underrated about her and Nora Ephron, who is past, but she did You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. And we talk about the cozy factor and there was a time where these rom-coms were being made and it felt like they were just being made by like these old straight men who didn't have any sort of know of why these movies worked. And and so if I look at something like The Bounty Hunter, I don't know why, not that that's looked at as some great movie, but it's missing all of those movies in that era were missing the cozy factor where it was like the holiday you can watch and you it, it makes you want to snuggle up and watch it and live in the screen. It's a mood. Yeah, it's a mood. And. And I think something like It's Complicated or or even The Intern, which is a newer one that I really love. I but love that one. Those are Nancy Myers movies. And we all want to live in the kitchens. They have a lot of food porn in them. So yeah. like anytime <laughs> they show food, it's like you want to eat the food that yeah. Meryl Streep is baking. And, and so there's a lot in that weird time period where it's just like these are just feeling very generic. And I can't think of anything specifically that maybe is super overrated. But so I like a cozier thing. Do you know what one of my favorite movies is? Is French Kiss. Meg Ryan, like, she's it. She's the queen. I love her. Her and Diane Keaton, if they're in a movie, I don't care what it is, I'm watching it. Did you see the one they did together with Hanging Up? Oh, oh yeah. It's so good. I think Meg has an underrated quality that it's it's so rare and I don't think it was appreciated enough. Like, she was so effortless in rom-coms. She could have chemistry with anyone and she was sexy and she was cute. Like also cute. Yeah. She, she, she had all of that. She, yeah, she did have this sort of like not conventional, like sexy woman vibe, but she like, it was just in her like swagger or something like she just, I, yeah. I mean, if you look at, you've got mail, the outfits, the wardrobe choices she wears at the very end, she's wearing this like very much like what I would think is like a grade school teacher skirt. <laughs> she's got like a cardigan over it. Yeah she's fully covered, like showing almost no skin at all. And she's stunning looking in a movie. Very rarely would they put a lead female in an outfit like that because of course they always try to sex it up, unfortunately. Yeah. But Meg just had this quality about her. I don't know. I, I just think she's amazing and I wish she would come back. And I think people were so wrong to her during that whole time you know, when people started villainizing her and talking about her plastic surgery yeah. and all of that kind of stuff, it's like, fuck off. Like, of course she went and got fillers and Botox done. And, and by the way, if you look back at the time, if you look at her and the women 
her face doesn't look as crazy as press made it seem that it did. I know, but I think it was just at a, a time. Yeah. Too, but it's just, it yeah. It was sort of before everyone started getting fillers and Botox. Yeah. And so, of course, she just looked different. But by the way, she was like expected to look a certain way because we had put her on this pedestal as this rom-com queen. So, you know, and she had trouble with Dennis, who, of course, we learned way after the fact that he had also been allegedly cheating. Mm -hmm. But everyone put all the blame on Meg for going with Russell Crowe. And I just yeah. feel like she was villainized in a way she that women villainized. are villainized, just like on your show. Yeah. Women, it, men can get away with so much more in society than women can get away with. And it's like, at what point is, are we all going to say like, what the fuck? Like, like why are, leave why is women alone, leave their bodies alone, leave their faces alone. And that's like, not to say women are perfect or they don't do anything wrong, but no, I think we can all but, look but at these, these are, examples. these are things that are so not important to a person's character and their job and their performance and their skill and talent that we want to villainize them and put them in a box or shun them or uh, the romantic comedy make... genre too. I feel like it was built to build up these women. And then at a certain point, uh, media and society decides, okay, we built you up enough. Now we're going to tear you down. So, and that's what happened to Meg. And that's, you know, it happens usually they always have to kind of hide out for a while if they get overexposed because it's like they know if they don't, then we're going to tear them down. Even Jennifer Lawrence, I feel like she was built up for a while and then everyone started to turn on her. Yeah. And I'm not saying it, it wasn't, there wasn't some reasons to dislike these people. It's just, it feels like collectively society tears. Yeah. They're down. trying to do it with Taylor Swift. I mean, everyone that's that has crazy fame like that, people want to put them down. I have one more question just to end it. So, you know, me with the rage checks, I have infamously <laughs> been prone to rage texting. So I want to ask you what your rage text of the day would be to a person, to a thing, to a place. I feel like my rage text lately because just I'm in a constant rage right now because we're all like are nerved up. And so I'm constantly just texting my friends, like all caps, just like <laughs> yelling, what the fuck is going on? It's always just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what the fuck is that? Why the fuck is that happening? Like I just, there's so many things happening in the world right now. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, I'm super aggro too. Yeah. About everything. We're all on edge, right? I'm definitely like, what the fuck is happening? What's, yeah. go what's going on right now? And every time I turn in the news, I get like shocked at the state of things. And and every story feels crazier than the next. I know. I, I've, it, like, I feel like I'm in a waking nightmare. Yeah. And I can't wake up from it. And I just want to like go to sleep and not worry. Like I, I don't know that it'll happen again. Like I don't know if this is just the new news cycle and the new state of the world. But it's like I want to go to sleep and not be stressed. I know. I hear you. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank I, you. I feel I, I feel like this last hour has like helped ease my stress. Sometimes you just need to put on a rom com, talk about a rom com, yeah, and feel better. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for you. having me, Katie. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 